Welcome to the e-commerce toolbox, Expert Perspectives, a podcast by Noibu, where we explore the elite strategies and cutting edge insights with our expert guests. Get ready to propel your e-commerce business to the next level. Welcome to the e-commerce toolbox, experts perspective. Joining us today, we have a real product expert, someone who's helped build the product strategy at one of Portugal's leading online retailers. Welcome, Ricardo. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, no worries. I always love chatting with product managers because I think it's such a diverse role and it really depends on each organization really truly where it fits. But obviously you've played a pivotal role in building and evolving Continent's platform. Could you maybe elaborate on how you structured Continent's product strategy from a high level? Sure. So I think that when people think about product strategy, it's I think it makes a lot of mess in our minds because we're always trying to have the perfect product strategy and just to explain a little bit how I see it I think we should try to create a product strategy that we feel that works and then move fast and evolve it during the time and along the way that you're going to fill your market and fill your customers so for continent online what we have done was to set up a base of principles like product principles to help us to deal with the world that is constantly changing, the customers are constantly changing. So we defined a set of principles. So we spent a little bit of time discussing them, making sure that they have the proper alignment with the business, but also with the customer's needs. And we're we're kind of trying to stick to those principles, making sure that everything that we do during the product life cycle we always invest in something that hits and goes along with those principles. So this is what I think it kind of works, not putting aside for everyone to try to solve the big problem strategy issue. But I think with what it works, at least in our case, was defining a good set of principles and making sure that whatever we are doing, we are hitting on those product principles, making sure that we're always having the customer on our mindset first and looking also into the business, into the market, making sure that we are hitting those principles in whatever Though even for the way we think, making sure that those principles are aligned and making sure that we everything we do is aligned with those principles. That's very interesting. I've never heard that before, but I think it makes a lot of sense. I think when you look at traditional product management and SaaS and technology companies, they have a very similar kind of thought process. Reflecting on your journey kind of so far, maybe it was the principles, maybe it was something else. What are some of the most pivotal moments when you look back on your tenure that you think kind of stand out to the success that you and team have been having? Well, so one of the things that I think was more transformational, at least for our company, our company had at least, it had a sense of, we must have a more fast way to make decisions. And in that sense, we also started looking at agile methodologies. And one of the things that came up on that program that we had internally, so it was like a organizational change, we started creating product teams, but in the product, so they were built in the business side and not on the tech side. For me, that was kind of a one pivotal moment because after that movement, we started to have a much faster change of direction, much faster decisions on what we should be building. 
and also gave us much deeper perspective on customer, business, technology. So we kind of have teams that are now in the ideal perspective for making those decisions along with the stakeholders, along with the technical teams and the engineering teams, also the user experience teams. So we kind of have like a good model, organizational model for us to tackle what's coming next. So the fast pacing market, the fast pacing consumers experience, all of that. I think this is kind of, I consider that has been a really good help to tackle this. That's interesting. And I think even firsthand, I, I can tell when a product team is reporting up to maybe a technical team where they're making a lot of decisions that are almost technology-based versus business and outcomes-based. And I think it's really interesting. And it actually leads me to my third question is, in my experience, when it comes to retailers, they either take the stance that they're a technology company that happens to sell products, or they're a product company that harnesses the best third party and maybe a little bit of internal technology to achieve the best outcomes in the form of conversion, revenue, and sales. So could you maybe talk to me a bit about your thought process around that, where it comes like, hey, do we want to build everything internally or do we want to align the product team around outcomes and maybe harness emerging technology and things like that? So maybe talk to us a bit about that. Yeah, so at least in my from my perspective, I think you need really to define your product portfolio in your organization, making sure that uh, your core products, I believe that we should have internal teams to deal with those products because you really want to make sure that you're having the right knowledge, the right people, and even the right investigation around what you should be building. And you can only do that, at least that's what I believe in, if you have a very close group with a high involvement in the organization, in the business, in the customer experience. So you really need to have this close to you. When you need to escalate, when you need to perform some kind of uh, testing around a specific feature, launch a new product that you may think that is a necessary accessory product to your business, then I think we could look at partnerships making sure that you can escalate and making sure that you can spend some or invest some some energy on that. But for me, the main thing is making sure that you really define from your product portfolio where you want to invest, invest in a serious way, making sure that cannot fail. That's where your gold is. So you need really to protect that. And that for me should be for inter with internal teams, making sure that your product teams, your technology teams are very aligned with your business goals, with your customer experience, with your market, making sure that everyone's focused on that. That makes sense. I, I think, and by the way, that's the million dollar question. So just building on that, could you maybe talk to us about some of the most challenging aspects of steering a very large and more traditional retailer like Continent towards a more omni-channel and maybe even digitally focused model. What are those challenges? How do you navigate them? Yeah, so actually grocery retailers are actually very innovative companies. So we bet a lot on, on technology. We are seeing some movements in the market. So many retailers are also creating new business models around selling their technology. So technology is not a thing for us. So And also digital strategy is also not a thing for us. So I think retailers are quite aware that they need to move fast in the digital and on the omni-channel field. 
And I think everyone is trying to find the right way and the right pace to make sure that we hit that. So I think the strategy is quite clear where we should move into. Actually, that's something that also customers are quite used to in other businesses. So we must adapt our business also. I think that is more difficult in a big organization with a lot of silos and organizations that have their business structure very, very dense business structure. I think one of the, the difficult ones is to address the fast pacing, always the many projects, the many initiatives that the company is hitting and to define where we're going to bet our energy. That's for me the main challenge because we have uh, so many things going on, so many things going around where sh we should be betting our energy that that's the thing that we need to, to do best. So product managers and the product management team needs to help the company to decide where we should bet our energy with the discovery process and all of that stuff that we know. But that's the difficult part. When we're in a company where you're deploying every week to two weeks, you're always changing the, um, the experience, you're always changing the systems, you're always changing the business rules. And dealing with that at the same time, that's what I feel that this is a challenge that we suffer the most. That's why we are also trying to find the right tools to gather information about what's happening. Because when you're in a fast-paced company with a lot of products online, that's one hard thing to do is to find out what's happening. So we're always trying to find the best tools for us to monitor the customers, monitor the business, monitor everything around us, even the market, to make sure that we can have the right information to make sure that we know where to bet next or where we should spend our energy into. Well, and looking at bets, there's typically in traditional product management, as you kind of mentioned before, when you look at bets, you have to understand by leveraging data and insights and research, what area should we place these bets in? And then from there, you need obviously key success measurement, which kind of takes me to my next question. In product management, in your opinion, how have you been able to create the leading indicators that at least allows you to know if you should keep iterating a project or completely kill it to really refine the energy on the highest value projects. I feel like that's a really, really hard thing for people to kind of balance. I'm curious, like, what are some of your tips and tricks for like forming the leading indicators? In our case, we have like a company that is quite keen on performance indicators, also on benefits, making sure that we are investing in something that has return. So for every, I won't say for everything, but for the things that we know that has a specific level of effort, we're always trying to make sure that we have the business cases sorted out. We know what kind of benefit are we going to capture. We also make sure, like I told you, so we have like product principles and product goals, making sure that everything that we do are hitting those product goals. For instance, we have like average order value. So everything that we do must help us to get other levels. So we're always trying to see them the benefit of these things of course we have like metrics to help us measure i think that everyone is quite i think everyone most of the companies have these metrics sorted out i think that at least in product management as a whole at least in the future the way i see it we need to look into deeper metrics with a different dna 
I think I mentioned to you previously that I believe that we need to start measuring emotions, what is happening with a customer in a specific experience that he performs on our product. So you need to try to understand which are the emotion, the feeling that we are providing to the customer with a specific feature or with a specific experience, because that will give us the next level of understanding on how we should be betting our energy. Does it make sense? Yeah, I think to your point, if you're able to successfully measure sentiment would be a good leading indicator of understanding how the customer is going to behave, whether it ends in a effectively a conversion or not, and what's the size of the conversion and all of that. Because it is balancing, right? Everyone knows more aggressive ads, you're going to get more conversion, but you might upset the customer and then they don't come back. It's like balancing all of those things out. Something a bit more tactical. How have you ensured that the contributions of the front end and back end team um, effectively not only align with Continent's strategy, but also kind of frictionlessly work across the entire ecosystem that you guys are building from web to mobile to app? So that's a great question because I think that's one of my favorite areas, actually. What I believe that works the best there is to make sure that you need to have some kind of leadership going on. I think it's very important for you to have like your product strategy sorted out and making sure that everyone knows that strategy. So you really need to convey to your teams what is the product strategy that you have. So spend time discussing with your teams the product strategy, making sure that they also contribute in making sure that they know the, the strategy by heart. And one of the things that we also must do is create the context for the teams to operate in an organized and contextualized way. How do we do that? So we do that by providing the right information for the team. So do they know about how the customers are feeling? Do they know what are the numbers, your sales? Do they know what the market's moving into? Do they know how your partnerships are doing? Do you know what are the emerging technologies? I believe that we must provide to the customers, to the teams, the right context for the, the team to be able to perform better and be aligned between all the organization and all the architecture, the technological architecture. So when I have a, something that I'm doing on the front end, the team for the back end must know what we are doing because they are also part of that development. They are also part of that business. Does it make sense? So the product, we are seeing them segregated in teams that are deploying for front end, deploying for back end, but they are aware of what is the end game because the product strategy makes some kind some kind of alignment between them. And really what what I'm taking, and correct me if I'm off base on this from this, is clearly defining and documenting a product strategy, getting buy-in and communicating that across all teams, front-end, back-end, product, UI, UX, and then forming clear and concise principles and then documenting them with the appropriate context and place for people to gather additional context from how we're performing to NPS surveys and sentiment analysis. We'll draw, and then setting out obviously the KPIs that we're trying to hit in the OKRs as a team is how you make sure everyone's kind of rowing in the right direction, not only in their business unit, but for the product team, which then rolls back to the business's goals. Did I kind of articulate that correctly? Yeah, so just one or two things that I would like to head up. So one of the things that we do is we define missions for the teams. So each team has a, a mission and that mission must be something that the team can actually relate to 
something related to connected to the business, connected to technology, connected to a specific business process, whatever. But there's always some, a sense of mission that the team must have. One of the things that I also consider, consider very important is the proximity. That this is something that creates a lot of empathy for the teams. So making sure that you have your head of product, your CEO, your e-commerce, head of e-commerce going to work with the team for a day, making sure that they have the privilege of understanding or hearing from those people, those product people or those business people, executives, to understand which is the goal, which is the end game, which is the thing that they think about the customers. It's very engaging for teams also. So the proximity is very important. So what I also suggest for all the product leaders, making sure that we step out of our desks, go into the daily meetings, go into the refinements once in a while, making sure that everyone knows and feels you, what your are your worries, Com participate also in those sessions, because that in the end will make a lot of difference um, in the way that people are actually feeling the strategy and the product and also the customer. So I think that's something that works for me and we actually today we have here our development teams in the office in the because we have separated buildings for business teams and technology teams actually we have here the technology team in the office we are making it once a week developers are coming with the product team and the business team we're all together in the same building making sure that we have time to discuss business strategy customers whatever and this is something that i really believe into no, I love that. And I think that all feeds back into the context is kind of what you're saying as well, right? And like it, it's, yeah, and I know one thing that we did when we're refining our product is we actually go and sit with our customers and we actually see how they use it and gather the context. Because a lot of the times when the designers are designing something, they're designing it from the their point of view and, and it might not reflect always the customer's point of view and kind of aligning on that cross-functionally, I think is super valuable. Ricardo, tell us, what's one challenge you're currently facing in your role? I think, I think I've mentioned it before. One of the things that is quite hard for us is to make sure that we have the right discovery process to find out what is the thing that we need to be doing, what are the bets that we need to be doing in the world that is constantly changing. So that's very hard because you can plan for this quarter to deploy the feature A, B, C, and D. And the next day, there's a compliant rule that is coming out, so you need to adapt on the next day, you need to take your roadmap and put it aside to the to recycle bin and do it again. That's why we have um, a discovery process. You really need to be proficient on your discovery process. That's what I believe that the future of product teams, they really must be very good on doing this. And we always need to be iterating. So internally, we have like a framework that we use that we call it LEAD. LEAD stands for Listen, Experiment, Adapt and Develop. And the most important for us is the part that we do perform the listening sessions. For the listening, we're talking about listening to the customer, like having interviews with customers. We also are trying to get around the customer behavior, like looking into the experience and the sessions that they perform on our products and also to take away what they are doing. We have the part where we get around and read the, the NPS and also the stores feedback that we have from our customers, making sure that we read all everything and we try to find and sort out what we're going to do with those topics. 
and also try to listen to the business part. So we try to also get around with executives, make sure that we're tackling the right problems, the business problems that our product should be should be also tackling. So, and we are doing this recurrently on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, making sure that we're always trying to sort out what is going on around your product, around your market, and making sure that you're always adapting. So I think this is the key. So for fast-pacing companies, for fast-pacing markets, we need to have a very good and very proficient discovery process. That's awesome. And I think that's a wrap, Ricardo. Really, really appreciate the time today. Very, very valuable insights. I love personally how you've been able to clearly define the strategy, the principles, the frameworks. I think that allows everyone to kind of row in the right directions, kind of towards OKR. So I don't think I've ever had a conversation with a product leader at the e-com side that's been this clearly defined from a strategic and execution standpoint. So hats off. I mean, no surprise here in terms of how well you guys are doing from the numbers. But yeah, appreciate the conversation like always. And uh, I'm sure everyone who's listening did as well. So thanks again, Ricardo. Thank you very much. Bye, Kelly. Thank you. The e-commerce toolbox expert perspectives is brought to you by Noibu. To find out more about Noibu and how we can help you debug your e-commerce site and rocket your revenue, visit www.noibu.com. That's N-O-I-B-U.com. And then make sure to search for the e-commerce toolbox, Expert Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found and click subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Noibu, thanks for listening.